I was worried it was getting a little dodgy in the middle part, but then that finale. <laughs> wow! Hello, and welcome to Two for One. I'm Claire. And David. And today we're going to be delving into the realm of requels for this bonus episode. Uh, David, what two movies are we going to be talking about? We're going to be doing the movie Predator, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger from 1987. And we're going to be doing the recent uh, requel, prequel, pre-requel, Prey. Uh, that just came out, I believe, in 2022. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what, what exactly to call it, because it does function as a requel, but it's set prior to the original film, so I'm not sure we have a snazzy Gen Z word for that yet. I think the fun thing about the word requel is, since we lose the prefix of sequel, it doesn't matter if it happens before or after, it just adds another dimension to the story, whether through time or place or... Whatever. We're going to go with requel. Yeah, I mean, this is not... Uh, this is a bonus episode, I think, so this is not what we usually do, and I think, you know, we don't do requels, and if you listen to our Disney episode, and we describe a lot of the reasons that we don't do those Disney remakes, and I think it's pretty much the same with requels, you know, if it's made by the same studio... It's meant to take characters that they own the intellectual property rights to, and therefore they're going to treat them in a certain way, um, and even try to insert them into the same continuity. That's not normally what we're interested in. We're interested in completely new takes. But I think in this case, like we loved the movies so much, uh, we just rewatched them. Um, we loved a movie so much. Well, we'll get into that. <laughs> but we did just rewatch them, and I, I think we had a lot of fun watching them. And Yeah, I mean, I think the whole reason we made this podcast is because if movies are worth discussing, then we'll be down to discuss them. So mm -hmm. breaking away from our traditional formula to talk to you about a movie that we absolutely recommend you go see. But let's talk about... Uh, exactly what happens in both of these movies and the connections between them. So David, why don't you tell us about Predator from 1987. I just watched it for the very first time. For many other people, I know it is a classic Arnold Schwarzenegger, highly quoted, very highly memed. But for anyone who doesn't know, David, tell us what happens. Yeah, I think I too had only seen this in bits and pieces, like on TV or someone watching on VHS or at a party or something like that. Starting in like 1995, so, and this is a rated R movie, so I don't even think you're getting the full experience. It's rated R? Yeah, there's uh, pretty violent scenes in this movie. It's pretty oh, bloody. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I only watched it for the first time, like very recently. But uh, yeah, this movie, as we mentioned, it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger. He is a special forces soldier brought in by Carl Weathers' character who is working for the CIA, and Arnold Schwarzenegger and his team are brought in to extract a diplomat, but then it becomes extracting another American Special Forces team, and then as we go through the movie, it turns out that Carl Weathers' character, Dylan, has just been using them essentially as assassins, that so they are there to attack and kill essentially Russian Special Forces working in an unnamed 
Latin American country. So it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and five of his uh, squad and Carl Weathers. And as they are on this task and as Carl Weathers is lying to them and Arnold Schwarzenegger is figuring it out slowly, they also realize that they are being hunted and eventually picked off one by one by something that they can't even see. And they start to think maybe the jungle is coming alive and attacking us. Maybe it's the people that we're attacking getting retaliation on us, but they don't know what's going on. And eventually, Arnold Schwarzenegger fights a predator one-on-one. I mean, I feel like it's this movie's old enough that we can spoil it. This movie's older than me, so mm-hmm. I think fair enough. He fights the predator one-on-one and he kills it. That's how the movie ends. And if you don't know what the predator is, it's an alien. Mm-hmm. Pretty big. I'd say like eight feet tall. Yeah, probably seven or eight feet tall. It has a bunch of like high-tech gadgets. Most notably, probably, is his invisibility shield. So, so much of what he does. Yeah. In Predator, they can't see it, and you find out that he's literally invisible. He has an invisibility shield that he uses most of the time, Mm -hmm. and he also uses heat vision because his own vision is crap. And then really high-tech weapons that can, you know, target uh, and you know, shoot people from far away and and things His like that. His weapons are mostly, he has like a little shoulder-mounted cannon, like laser gun thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not like pulling out a bunch of variety of attacks. It's more his uh, his intimidating nature comes from his, his stealth. So the movie is directed by John McTiernan, who directed like a series of amazing action movies in the 80s and then i was trying to figure out like why didn't this dude keep making movies and part of the reason is that he went to prison for lying to the fbi in like 2010 or something so there's that but he made die hard and the hunt for red october like very classic 80s early 90s action movies right and the movie stars obviously arnold schwarzenegger as dutch he's the leader of this special forces group uh, Carl Weathers as Dylan, who is working for the CIA and recruits Dutch to this mission. And then their squad is Jesse Ventura, who later became governor of Minnesota. Bill Duke, Richard Chavez, Sonny Landham, Shane Black. The guy with glasses, the guy who speaks Spanish, the guy who likes to shave his face all the time, and the cool guy, Billy. And the predator is played by Kevin Peter Hall. He, I believe, is almost seven feet tall. Well, let's talk about Prey, because Prey came out in 2022, and it is, again, the Predator taking people out, but we don't know who he is. This takes us back in time. David, when, uh, what, what would, what's the time period we're working with here? Oh, it's, it's 1719. In, uh, the Great Plains, this is a Comanche tribe, and... At first, we are just seeing the interactions of people within this tribe, particularly the main character, Naru, played by Amber Midthunder, and her brother, Tabe, played by Dakota Beavers. She, Naru, the main character, wants to prove herself. She wants to do this sort of rite of passage to become a hunter, uh, hunt something that is hunting her, you know. 
something big like a bear, um, which I think is what her brother took down. Um, so she sort of looks up to him and wants to be a hunter just like him, but she's constantly being pushed back by other members of the tribe and uh, encouraged to pursue her other skills because she's also really good with medicines and things like that. When people start getting attacked in the forest, I think it is just a mountain lion at first, but mm -hmm. they go out to investigate and while trying to go out and save this person, she becomes very aware that there is something else out there. Something bigger, something scarier, something that people should be more concerned about. And of course she is correct, and she ends up sort of setting off on a solo quest in order to, you know, stop this thing to, you know, a little bit of an honor quest, but also I think with an intention to protect her people. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's very different from Predator in that sense, that it's one solitary adventure. Of course, we still see the Predator attack plenty of other people and animals. We get a pretty epic fight between the Predator and a bear. Um, and it's a little bit of a self-actualization journey for her as well, because she's got to pass that test of hunting something that is hunting her. Uh, there's some other elements mixed in as well, such as uh, some French fur traders that she interacts with. There's sort of lots of different obstacles that she needs to overcome. Not only members of her own tribe trying to get her to come back, um, but also then being captured by the fur traders and then her final showdown. Um, she also has a dog sidekick, which... Uh, everybody loves. Everybody loves. Yeah. And I know lots of people like to know, so I think uh, if you, you don't bother checking does the dog die, the dog's fine. Uh, so you can enjoy the movie. Go ahead. The dog is definitely in danger at times. Yeah. Like when she fights the bear, the dog like chases after the bear and then comes back running from the bear and you're like, oh fuck, the dog. <laughs> dog bit off more than he could chew, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, the dog running away from the bear is just like, all right, all right you like, gotta I, take care of this yeah, now. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm just a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So why don't we, why don't we start with Predator and... Maybe we can talk about what we like, but first of all, why is it called Predator? Hit me with it. Well, I think the word Predator... Is cool. Naturally. I mean, yeah. He's just, he's out there to kill them. Do you think that Arnold Schwarzenegger and his team, are they Predators? No. You don't think so? No, and Arnold Schwarzenegger even has a line, like, part of the reason he's so mad at Dylan, Carl <laughs> Weathers' character, is not only that they've been tricked, but that they've been conned into doing something other than their sort of, like, purpose. He says, we are, a, like, a rescue team. Mm -hmm. We're not a assassins. Well, something he like he, he says exactly that. We're not assassins. We're, we're a rescue team. And Dylan says... You're an asset. An expendable asset. And I used you to get the job done. Got it? I may not have expendable. I think the implication is that for Carl Weathers, who's working for the CIA, there's no distinction to be made. Like, if you're working for the government and your job is violence, then it doesn't matter how we use you. You might think of yourself as one thing, but you're good at killing. That's why you're here. So I think you can interpret it as they are predators as well that the whole movie is you know putting people that are good at killing into 
essentially an arena, like it's the Hunger Games or something. And I mean, that's how the Predators, we haven't like gotten into what they're doing, but the Predators are basically coming to Earth and treating it like it's a hunt, like an honor hunt. I well, don't even know what you would call it. Let's talk about that because I think it's like trophy hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's elements of that in the 1987 Predator. The Predator does this whole thing where he like boils down a skull Mm -hmm. and he's checking it out and he's like damn that's a cool skull you Mm -hmm. know like he's very proud of himself and you see that again in prey but prey expresses more explicitly that the predator has come in order to hunt the most challenging prey it can find which i think was probably an idea developed over the course of the predator series which is why maybe that's not as clear in the 1987 Predator. Because I think 1987, they're just like, this is a scary thing, what's he doing? Like, he's just out here to kill us. No, I don't, I don't think so, because Arnold Schwarzenegger realizes that the Predator is only attacking people with weapons. He's only attacking people that are threats and are, uh, like, would be worth killing. They essentially kidnap this woman i don't know if you would call it that but when they attack this insurgent slash russian camp there's one woman that survives and dylan decides that instead of leaving her they're going to take her because she must know something and they can interrogate her when they bring her back arnold schwarzenegger when he realizes what the predator is after he is, like, really protective of her and making sure that she doesn't pick up any weapons whatsoever because that's going to trigger the Predator to attack her. At the end of the movie, when it's just Arnold Schwarzenegger left, the Predator finds Arnold Schwarzenegger. He has him literally in his hand. He's holding him by the throat, and he puts him down, and then he throws his weapons down and is basically like, I'm just going to fight you hand-to-hand. So I think it's pretty, it's maybe not explicit what the Predator is doing, but the way that they talk, it is, I think it's, it's understood that the Predator is hunting. Yeah, but I, I, I think I just disagree with you that he's only interested in hunting things that he views as a threat. And maybe that's, it's more important in Prey because... Mid Thunder's character, um, Naru, is literally like left alone by the Predator because mm-hmm. he doesn't see her as a threat. It's more, it's definitely like the central theme of Prey in yeah. a way that it's not in Predator. It's mm-hmm. just like an underlying thing that we're meant to infer about the way that Predator, this Predator, is acting. But to keep it on Predator for a second, mm-hmm. you think he's only, he's the only Predator. Did you think that this movie was critical of hypermasculine action movies, or do you think it just was one of those? Oh, good question. I think it was just one of those, but what I appreciated was the loyalty and sense of self that Arnold Schwarzenegger's group had. Mm-hmm. I honestly think the movie could have done a better job of making it clear that Carl Weathers was not a part of the group. Um, And I think eventually they get to the point where there's self-preservation going on, and particularly Bill Duke's character, Mac, has a bit of a bond with Carl Weathers' character. 
while all that makes sense that Carl Weathers was on the outs and he was lying to them, but then when they're fighting the Predator, Carl Weathers, you know, they're all working together. I think uh, this is all just going to come back to my same main complaint, which is that the first half of the Predator movie is a mess. And Carl Weathers not being a part of the group is... That not being clear is part of the mess. I like what they attempted with the group, and I think that would make it slightly different from just like a full-on action movie. But I think plenty of action movies are about, you know, I mean, think about Fast and the Furious. We're a family. My beat on it is a little different. When when we watched it, I didn't think it was confusing, but I did at some points wonder, is this like a satire? And <laughs> there are a few things, especially like right at the beginning, I didn't know that that, uh, you know, two guys clasping arms with the ridiculous muscles, that that meme is from... Predator, mm-hmm. and the way that it, that like... That was quite something to see happen in person. And it happens in, like, like it's, like, the first scene of the movie, yeah, right? Yeah, it's some of the very first dialogue. And we cut away from the characters just a, for a shot of these two men grasping each other for, like, five or so seconds to the point that it's, like, uncomfortable, which then they make you understand why it's uncomfortable because... They're actually having like this little arm wrestling competition. Dylan! You son of a bitch! What's the matter? The CIA got you pushing too many pencils? Huh? Had enough? Make it easy on yourself, Dutch. Okay, okay, okay. You know, know, part of their character history or whatever. But that was like so over the top. And then there are there are scenes that seem to be showing hyper masculinity to be impotent. There's a scene where they pick up the minigun and Bill Duke is firing this minigun into just into the jungle. And then he shouts for everybody and they all come running and they're just shooting their guns into the jungle for like a full minute that all we're seeing is these men shooting guns. And part of it is like, this is really cool, but it's just so like worthless. They're doing literally nothing, you know? So I do think that there's an an undercurrent of, of criticism. I, I looked it up to try to find like other people that were looking for this. And I think there are other people that would say it's either like a satire or like a criticism. And I definitely wouldn't say it's a satire, but I do think it is critical of the sort of uh, action movie concept of the 80s that is just, you know, hyper-masculinity, no questions asked, right? No, I think it's just an indulgence of that, not a criticism of that. You don't think there's anything that looks really stupid? I think so much of it looks stupid, but I think movies like that look stupid, so... I think that was them thinking, who's our target audience? Maybe even doing some test screenings of it and being like, you know what people want? They want to look at the screen and imagine themselves being that guy looking badass, just firing this gun but for they a didn't, full minute. They didn't look badass, though. They looked like idiots. No, I think they are meant to look really cool. 
I... And I think there was a lot of overdoing of action sequences. Oh my god, when they blow up the camp, that goes on for so long. And then, like, it's so funny, because, like, how... Uh, let's be realistic. How many minutes do you think it takes them to blow up the camp? Is that, like, five That's minutes? probably, like, a five-minute thing, yeah. So it's it's just shot after shot of, like, things blowing up. It's like, you think there are, like, five guys... I don't think they established guys... the space very well, yeah, which you I think... know is something I, I'm sensitive to. I always criticize them not establishing space very well, Well, but and, and the number of people. Like, you know, oh, yeah. I feel like a lot of movies are, like... Oh, there's six guys we got to take out, you know? And right, like, and it's fun to, like, count. Yeah, know? we were talking about that with uh, the Italian job, you know? How, like, every time they escaped, there was like, oh, there's another car and a motorcycle, you know? Right, yeah, that's <laughs> so stupid. Or, I mean, I um, the movie that came to mind for me with this was the most recent Suicide Squad movie, because you also have a scene of the team needing to go through uh, a very similar encampment to the one that we see in Predator. But in the Suicide Squad, they're going through, but, like, doing it stealthy and, like, badass moments for characters to, like, show what they're able to do. And it's so cool. And I was just so annoyed that Predator was like, let's not care about what this tells us about the characters and their individual skills. Mm. Let's not care about how this is really showcasing their intelligence. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger does, like, one clever thing to initiate everything i mean i'm being too critical and and you know i shouldn't say that it doesn't think about the process but it really just felt like a heavy action sequence well i will say two things one i agree with you that i think the action sequence could have been used to greater effect to develop the characters and i think that you really can develop characters through action like, there are a lot of movies that really do yeah, that very absolutely. well, you know, and I think Suicide Squad is one of them. Idris Elba and John Cena are, like, having their whole, it's like... so good. Again, I mean, I think that movie is definitely a criticism of hyper-masculinity and especially the Peacemaker show that was sort of a spin-off oh, yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. But they're having, like, their dick-swing contest of, you know, walking through this camp and being who can be more badass. And I do think that's a little bit of a parody of what we see in Predator. But I think Predator's criticism is more of... Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it's not a criticism of action movies, but I do think it's a criticism of, of like, masculinity and, like, especially, like, the reveration toward the military that those movies had. So, one, I do think that they do have those character moments and little characterization pieces throughout the movie not in that scene and i do think there was more opportunity for that in the attack on the camp but two you know we can agree to disagree but i do think it is sort of a criticism of you know the big gun you know military buff guy mentality because the whole movie is about how they are getting taken out and there are a lot of lines about you know, people being smart or dumb or whatever. And yeah, they're badass through the movie, and that's cool. But in the end, all of them, except Arnold Schwarzenegger, die. And Arnold Schwarzenegger survives by a combination of badassery, but also intelligence and just dumb luck, right? Mm -hmm. 
I think it, the, if, if there's a message from the movie, it's that, you know, this, all of this violence is a little bit ridiculous and like maybe a little bit impotent. I, but I the think... guy with the biggest muscles is still the one survivor. So this Arnold Schwarzenegger is dope as fuck. <laughs> the guy with the biggest muscles might be Jesse Ventura, mm. who was an actual Navy SEAL before being an actor and governor of Minnesota. Since you mentioned Jesse Ventura, I will say... The movie did want us to care about each individual member of the crew. And like you're saying, did try to differentiate between them. But like, you and I watched it twice. And the second time, I was like, I gotta figure out what's going on in the first half of this movie. So I was really, really focused and paying attention. And I found myself like, really liking Billy, Sonny Landham's character. Because he's like actually doing interesting things like picking up on the trail like sensing when things are going wrong he has the worst death in the whole movie because he just throws down his weapon but that's it's like face me which also i think that counter argues no. saying that people without weapons aren't going to be attacked by the predator in this movie because he starts screaming off screen and is clearly dead no but i think like he, he tries to do something like super macho and be like, oh, I'm gonna just fight this predator. And it's like, no, you're like, you're going to do that. You're not even worth dealing with on screen. Wow. But, no, I really liked him. But I think, you know, maybe I'm having trouble giving credit to the movie establishing those things because there's just something about this movie that like everything in me is rejecting. <laughs> You know? I think it, it's so 80s, and it's like, it's so 80s action movie, that even if it is critical of some aspects of those 80s action movie things, it still, like, is just dripping in that, in that culture, mm-hmm. and you can't really get around that. And if, like, if you're watching it in 2023, and it just seems really 80s, you know? It just seems a little bit cheesy, a little bit eye rolly, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can't really get around that. But I also wanted to shout out, you know, you mentioned Bill Duke. So good in this movie. No. Oh, no. You don't think so? His character was way too weird. His character was... You're only weird. thinking about the the fact that he he was shaving with a razor. Why was he doing that? That was weird. Why did he do that so often? And why did we have the, like, ASMR sound of it scraping against his face? I hated it. You just didn't like that. But I think everything else he did was cool. You like the part where he goes, anytime. He does, like, a lot of cool things. And like you said, he's the, like, his, his relationship with Dylan starts out really antagonistic. Where he, like, threatens to kill him if he gives away their position. And then over mm-hmm. the course of the movie, like, they take on the Predator together and essentially get killed together. But he also had the relationship with Jesse Ventura. Right, they were, like, really good friends. But why don't we wrap up on Predator for now? And... Can I tell you one thing I liked about it and one thing I hated about it? Okay. I know it was late 80s, special effects, you know, still pretty shaky. The Predator exploding at the end of the movie looks so bad. But they clearly wanted it to look 
otherworldly and scary when the predator is invisible. And it looks different from the predator being invisible in Prey in 2022, where we can like still make out the contours of this person, but also like this thing is invisible. The way they did it in 1987 might be limited by the technology of the time, but I thought it looked really fucking cool. It was like, cool. Yeah. Did you read about how they did it? Can I guess? Yeah. Because uh, it looked like they would have someone actually there, maybe in like a like a green suit, and then it looked like they were taking the surrounding environment and essentially copy-pasting it. I don't know how to describe this, but like over the body. So it wasn't necessarily seen through him so much as it looked like the area around him being repeated into his body, like over his body. Mm -hmm. Is that what they did? More or less. So they, this is before we settled on green, although I guess green wouldn't have worked for this movie or blue. Mm -hmm. uh, they had a guy wearing a red suit, I guess the guy who played the predator, and they would shoot it with the guy in the predator suit. Mm -hmm. and then they would shoot it again with a different focus on the lens so that everything was either, you know, a little enhanced or a little farther back, and they would shoot it without, and then they would combine the two images so that when they combined it, they could put the one in front of the other, and it looked just a little bit distorted, but exactly the same in every other respect. But they they were doing shots without the actor there, so they are taking yeah the the photo and then putting of the... that onto the red suit okay. that the guy is wearing. Okay, so a little different than what I was thinking. But, but pretty much, yeah, 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 pretty much the same. But I, I mean, just a really different cool. camera technique because it it leaves you with like, what are my eyes doing? Mm -hmm. You know, like why does that look wrong? Rather than that thing looks invisible, but I can kind of tell that it's there. Mm -hmm. Which, like, it's cool that we can do that now, but I liked the the weirdness of being like, why does that look wrong, <laughs> you know, in a, in the Predator movie. So, I honestly, I think it's, it, it's a case where, like, you know, yeah, you might be able to do this more high-tech thing, but there's something special in that. I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer growing up. They did this thing where when you kill vampires in Buffy, they immediately turn to dust. Mm. And over the course of the series, the way that looked changed a lot. <laughs> At one point, they realized that they could make something look like a skeleton before it turns to dust. And when they first switched that, it's just like, why are you doing... Like, that might be more complicated to do, but it doesn't look better, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? The only thing I think didn't look great is the movement of the predator itself when it was invisible looked like sort of like slow motion like it didn't look like a real creature that big like moving do you know what i mean it looked smaller when it was invisible than when it was well it was not. like it was like swinging through the trees but sometimes almost. it's just tough to tell scale yeah 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 for sure and they hired like this huge person right to play mm -hmm. the predator you know, he did a good job, but in terms of scale, you're right. You don't see that until the very, like, last ten minutes of the movie when you realize, oh, shit, the Predator is way bigger than Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know? Mm -hmm. But in the rest of the movie, you kind of see him in the branches, in the trees, 
either he's invisible or like you see like a glimpse of him or something like that or you just see the blood but yeah you have no sense of scale until the very end of the movie i wish they could have found a way to like give you a sense of scale without like showing you everything and watch this transition jurassic park i think does a good job of that right where they show you the scale of the dinosaurs both in the very first scene in jurassic park when they get out of the jeep and they look up Mm -hmm. And then, very good. <laughs> and then, when the goat is first killed, and you see the claw like drop the rest of the goat over the fence. Obviously, that's doing multiple things. It's telling you the fence is out. It's telling you the T Rex knows it, and it's showing you like what the T Rex actually looks like for the first time. Just a tiny glimpse of that. Predator could have used a little bit of that. But yeah. on another note. I do think that there was a little bit of our favorite thing about Jurassic Park, which is... When the jello wiggles? No, not when the jello wiggles. <laughs> you say that you always like how in Jurassic Park everything... Everything happens twice. Everything happens twice, it's right? It's a perfect movie. It is. And I feel like there's, not to the same extent, but there's some of that in The Predator that I really appreciate. Hmm. Like, I really like... Uh, one of the big scenes when Arnold Schwarzenegger, his entire team has been killed and he is on his own. He drops into a river and he gets out of the river and as he's getting out, he crawls through mud and he covers himself in mud. The predator finds him but can't see him. And that's when mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger realizes, oh, he must, you know, he couldn't see me because I was covered in mud. He must be using something that is just looking at the radiation from my skin. Uh, and then for the rest of the movie, he covers himself in mud and lays all these traps for the predator. And then while he does that and he's fighting the predator at the end, he falls into water again. The same thing, he climbs out of the river, except this time the water has washed away all his mud and like what had been an advantage turns into a disadvantage or putting them back on a level playing field that they hadn't been on. I think that was really cool. Yeah. I also think it's really cool... How, like, in a similar way, they can't see the Predator because he's invisible to them. But then I think Arnold Schwarzenegger realizes... I always call him Arnold Schwarzenegger. His name is Dutch in this movie, but it doesn't really matter. He realizes, yeah, the Predator is basically blind, but he has this thing that he can see infrared or what have you. You know, he can see radiation from your body. The way that the Predator reacts to Arnold Schwarzenegger getting the first hit on him when he can't see Arnold is just, like, blindly shooting everywhere and, like, just blowing up, like, this entire swath of the jungle for, like, over a minute while Arnold Schwarzenegger is just sitting there. And that's just the exact same of what they had done with the minigun and when everybody rolls up with, you know, all their guns and they just start blasting into the jungle for a full minute. You know, I think that's... That's kind of cool, and it shows the way that they're turning these advantages. And, you know, I think it's uh, it plays up, like, the mind game aspect of the movie. But also, it's, it's always just cool to see something happen again that happened prior in the movie. But yeah. then you're seeing the Obviously reversal. Obviously, I love that. But yeah. this is no Jurassic Park. Nobody said it was Jurassic Park. Mm. You know, I just, think it's, I just think that stuff is cool. All right, you ready for what I hated? Okay. I don't think I have any right to criticize someone with three Grammys on their musical choices. 
but Alan Silvestri did the composing for Predator, and that was a big part of why the first half of the movie is such a mess. I think it's interesting that they clearly were intentional about sort of changing up the music when the movie changes from a rescue mission to the Predator. Like, that's cool. Like, and I think Prey is sort of interested in that too. Like, it's one thing and then becomes another. But <laughs> it's so loud. It's so just loud and gah, crazy stuff is happening sort of music. They're supposed to be stealthily going through the forest. And I think it really undermines what you were talking about earlier. Carl Weathers, and I should use their actual names, Dylan and Mac's characters, you know, having that initial confrontation. Mac, Bill Duke's character, is like, I'm going to kill you if you could give away our position again. But I can't tell that Carl Weathers' character is being loud because for the past minute all I've heard is like all this music. I just thought it was really poorly done. Just very poor choices and very distracting for something that didn't have a lot of easy to follow dialogue and not a lot of dialogue. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. That That's my criticism. Partially could be we watched it on streaming, which always sucks. But it is very loud and very 80s. I'll give you that. I just don't, I don't want to like criticize the sound mixing because every, everything we watch on streaming is just crappier than it was meant to be. He's composed for plenty of movies that I love though, so. What what did he win Grammys for? He won for the Polar Express, which sucks. Are those Grammys or Oscars? Grammys. 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 I don't think he's won an Oscar, maybe? He's been nominated for a couple. So he won for my least favorite movie. Ooh, Castaway. He won for that one. All right, so let's move on and uh, talk about Prey for a little bit. Good. So... <laughs> Guys, Prey is a great movie. What did, what, did, what did you think of Prey? Why is it called Prey? Uh, the obvious answer is that predators attack Prey. Hmm? Yeah. Oh. You know, I think it makes sense for this movie because the main character is seen as prey, not as a threat. I do think it's cool. Uh, the movie definitely makes more of a... It makes more of its theme and more of the Predator's motivation. Like, we literally have a scene where we see, like, a wolf or something or a fox attack a rabbit or a mouse, right? So oh, it attacks a mouse. super small. And then... A snake gets that creature, and then the predator comes upon the scene and kills the snake because he sees it as, like, the apex predator of this little ecosystem that he just walked into. And that's sort of meant to tell you, like, what this movie is. You know, this movie is this predator finding the strongest creature around and challenging it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's more explicit about that. But also, the relationship between Predator and Prey, that is more of a theme. And we, you know, we have that in Predator, where the people who don't have weapons are not targeted by the Predator. But that becomes a major plot point in Prey. I don't know how much it impacts the plot, but it impacts her self-perception and character development. Essentially, she's caught in a bear trap and... 
I would call it a bear trap. I'm sure it has an actual name, but one of those little clawy things, you know, like get to your feet. And the predator walks up and doesn't do anything and walks away. Then that's when the French fur traders get her. And she says, later, you don't see me as a threat. I'll use that to my advantage. So I think she sort of just says that out loud. like. Um, but it's not just her literal relationship with the predator. I think thematically, it's about the way that she is not seen as a hunter, even by her brother, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it has less to do with plot and more to do with her story. Like, her brother is the only person that believes in her and says, oh yeah, you can be a hunter. And they go out and they hunt this lion, a mountain lion, it's a mm -hmm. cougar or whatever. And she gets knocked out and he has to carry her back to their village after having, he also killed the mountain lion. And so he becomes the hero and then they have like a conversation and he's like, yeah, you're right. Like, we didn't do this. I did this. You need to like stop pretending you're a hunter. And it's like the only person that believed that she could be a predator is now just like, no, like you're just treating me like I'm nothing again, you know? And that's, that's how she's treated by everybody, including the predator and the way that she uses that to her advantage in the second half of the movie, the way that, you know, people see her, and just the way that she uses that to her advantage is uh, what prey means in this movie. Mm -hmm. uh, not just strictly in opposition to the titular predator. But also, don't be bringing up the brother saying that without also mentioning in the second half of the movie where they revisit that conversation... And he says, I only got the mountain lion because I used your plan. You are a hunter. You know, he he's a great brother. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a great, what do you love, David? A brother-sister relationship? Yes, and it's such a good brother-sister relationship. It is I mean, good. he's clearly just as baffled as everyone else why she's having trouble finding her place in society. But he respects her wanting to be a hunter and supports it and believes in her. And like you said, David, like other people aren't believing in her, but he always yeah. has her back and he has, wants to support her. He has one moment of frustration with her because, you know, he, he had to save her and bring her back to the village. And I think she wasn't showing any acknowledgement of that. And he had to kind of check her and be like, you didn't do any of this. You didn't get the lion and you didn't bring yourself back to this village. Like, I did that, so maybe shut the fuck up for a second, you mm -hmm. know? So, yeah, he has one moment of, Yeah, but know. he's wrong about that then, too. She's just trying to say, we need to go out again, because there's something out there, you know? Yeah. Let me tell you what this movie does great. It establishes space. So many different environments that we're in, and, like, you can really understand where they are and how they're interacting with it. She has to think through things. Predator ends with Arnold Schwarzenegger setting up all of these traps for the Predator. Mm -hmm. And Prey ends the same. But I just feel like in Prey, it's a little easier for me to follow what she's doing and why she's doing it. You know what else I thought was interesting in comparing those two sequences is at this point... In Predator, Arnold Schwarzenegger is out of guns, so he has to go to, like, rudimentary tools and everything. Whereas in Prey, 
Um, she has the gun. She's just learned how to use a gun, and she uh, utilizes the predator's weapons as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's super resourceful all over the place, but it's sort of a, a flip to her suddenly like being adaptable enough to use technology she's unfamiliar with, whereas Arnold Schwarzenegger is like, I'm going to use sticks. I mean, there's a big like sequence in predator when arnold nautilus team has been lost yet and he's like oh we're gonna make her stand here like right now because if we don't do this now we're never gonna get back to the chopper which is like a big thing all the whole movie is like let's get back to the chopper get to the chopper all you see them is like pulling on ropes Mm -hmm. and it's like very unclear what their goal actually is and they sort of explain it but it's not as visually clear. So, yeah, I do agree that in Prey, it's more clear. And there are things that happen earlier in the movie, like she falls into quicksand and is able to get herself out, but that quicksand is then incorporated into her trap for the predator Everything later. Everything happens twice. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the way that she uses her, her own stupid invention of the axe that okay that is really stupid she has an axe that she i think she's like hunting rabbits and she's like oh this is really ineffective and then she's like you know it'd be more effective if i had an axe with a rope tied to it so that i could like throw it and then pull it back and catch it and then it just shows her like oh she cut a bunch of rabbits using that method and it's like okay i guess that's really effective and then that's like her signature weapon i think it's kind of cool. Even though it's really stupid, I do think it's kind of cool. I mean, it's cool because in this movie, it works. Yeah. Like, in this movie, it works. And it's like, it's always cool to have a signature weapon. All right. What else is cool about this movie? There's so much cool about it. All right. What? Naru, the main character, is shown to be like a very capable and skilled person. And her knowledge of medicines is shown really early on and explained really well. Again, I think this movie does a great job with characterization that Predator super does not. And this one particular type of medicine that is meant to slow your blood flow, you know, sort of keeps you from bleeding out, does so by lowering your internal body temperature. And... Like, you see her mention it once, then you see her use it once, and then you see her use it again on this French guy who has just had his leg chopped off, and it's that French guy that she gives it to, where she sees the predator come up, and the predator doesn't see him. And she has the same realization that Arnold had. Yes, but I think it makes even more sense than just, I'm going to cover myself with mud, because eventually the mud's going to adapt to your mm-hmm. body temperature. Whereas if you've taken something that is actually affecting you internally, like that seems... I mean, I think that medicine is stupider than the axe, you know, where it's just what? like, let's just have this convenient plot device. I do think it's cool. And I think in the way that I thought in Predator, it's really cool that, you know, he gets the mud and he comes out of the river and he's mm-hmm. all covered in mud and then he falls into the water and he comes out and he's uncovered. They, like, mirror that in, like, different ways in Prey where instead of, like, the mud being the discovery, it's what you said, it's the medicine. But she also has, like, the mud moment where she goes into 
the quicksand and comes out just like oh, he she does. does. Yeah, covered it, it in, looks so similar. Covered She's in, in mud. All those roots and everything. And then instead of duplicating that in the way that they do in Predator, they duplicate it in a different way by having her use that to her advantage mm-hmm. later when she fights the Predator. And instead of having them duplicate the, like, invisibility, they, you know, she uses that again to her advantage, like, later, you know? It's like mirrors of the same thing but not even like parallels like they took these things and kind of went in different directions and i think that's cool because it's always unexpected even if i had seen predator before prey which i didn't i would not have expected them to do those things you know because you always expect them to do like okay they're going to do the exact same thing in exactly the same way that's what a recall is Mm -hmm. you know and then like there's one twist but i feel like in prey it was all about, you know, let, let's, like, remix these themes and, you know, these images and have her learn different things and use them in different ways. Yeah. No, it was really cool. Seeing her needing to be clever, but we've been along for the ride, so we understand how she's, like, putting these things together. That's so much more satisfying than just all of a sudden Arnold Schwarzenegger's doing a bunch of Boy Scout stuff out in the woods. All right, well, you obviously hated Predator. Doesn't mean that it actually sucks. And that's what I was saying earlier. I think I'm, I can fully admit that I was just rejecting the movie pretty unfairly, but it made it difficult to engage with. The action in Prey, so good. So she and her dog are fighting this bear, and then the dog runs away because the dog's like, this is a, a tough spot we've gotten in. I, I've done my part, but i got to go. Bear's now attacking Naru. Naru's like, shit, I'm going to go run to this beaver dam and try to be protected. You see this bear snout just coming in through the beaver dam, but then all of a sudden, something's attacked the bear and literally drags it out, lifts it up, cuts it open. This blood is just pouring down from this bear carcass, and that's how you see the predator. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah, it's cool. so cool. Predator fighting a bear, pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's there's later scenes where I think they're being chased by the predator. She and her brother are being chased uh, like through a field, and at this point the predator is still invisible. So he's invisible for the most of the movie. And one of my gripes with these movies is like, if they're hunting, it just seems like they're cheating. Like, the Predators have, like, all these advantages, you know? They have invisibility, they have projectile weapons, they have, like, beam weapons, they have shields. What else do they got? Everything. They've got, like, helmets. They've got all this dope shit. And they've, they're just, like, dropping in and they'll be like, oh, I'll fight you one-on-one. But anything you can do, they have, like, a better thing. I just, I think it's like, man, these motherfuckers are cheating hard, right? Yeah. That's annoying, but it is cool. All, all the all the fight scenes in Prey, I think, are, are pretty cool. And there's one... Yeah. I mean, some of them do go on for a while. I mean, you know, when they're fighting the Frenchmen, that teetered on my, my stamina for action scenes. Hmm. You know what else was cool? What? When she walks up on all the dead buffalo, and you think the predator did it. Hmm. But then you need to remember the historical context. And also that these buffalo have clearly not been killed in the same manner as everything else. Yeah. Because it was the fur traders. Again. Right? right? Isn't that interesting? It is cool. 
again mirroring Predator, right? When they roll up on the people that have been skinned. And they're like, why the fuck did they do this, you know? And you have to connect it later. To that the it was the Predator who did it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so then when you're watching it, it's like, oh, this has happened. They're remixing it. Yes, he attacked the buffalo, but, like, everything that we know about Predators, he's not attacking this animal that is being hunted, now that is a hunter. Mm-hmm. So, and he's not attacking, like, 50 at a time for the most part. That's just not his M.O. But because... It's Predator, you know, you don't necessarily make that connection until, like, later you find out, oh, like, there's these hunters that are doing this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's really well done. The hunters in general are, or the trappers, mm-hmm. what would you call them? Fur traders. Are well done. You know, they're sort of uh, the secondary antagonist, much like in Predator, the insurgents or whatever we're supposed to think they were are Mm -hmm. you know sort of a secondary antagonist to to arnold and his crew yeah but they make short work of them in predator they do yeah yeah they it's interesting in prey because they serve a purpose for being an obstacle and for i mean they capture naru and her brother and tie them up and i guess that is also part of it like they survive that because even though they're set up as bait the predator doesn't want bait. He wants to attack the Frenchman. But she also, like, learns from that experience, which is, to your point earlier, that this movie sets her up to sort of accumulate the skills and knowledge necessary to defeat the predator. And her time with the French traders is part of that, a big part of that. I think the, the Frenchman that speaks Comanche sort of, you know, he's not on her side, but I think gives her information and you know tells her how to use the gun but then the gun is almost like useless like she shoots the predator in the head mm-hmm. and the predator like pretty much walks that off you know but she gets his his mask which has his she does, targeting yeah. thing in it so but he seems to walk off to her success and also like when right after he shows her how to use the gun she tries to use it and it doesn't go off right because she had, like, missed one of the seven steps that he gave her or something like that. Yeah, I mean, let me tell you, the steps were, first of all, hilarious with how cumbersome guns were back then. But also, one of his steps is to put the powder in, not too, not too much. much. Yeah. Not, and it's like, what does that mean, you know? Yeah. What, what What is my scale for That's what not, not too much is? Yeah. So, but it's just like... And this is, like, the words of a dying man. She can't ask, like, clarifying questions, really. Yeah. But I think, again, uh, my read of this movie is that it seems anti-gun. But, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I don't know. Was there anything else that we wanted to talk about? I mean, the end of the movie, I think, is, is worth mentioning. She has the Predator's targeting system, and she lures him into a trap where she gets him to fall down the uh, quicksand, but also gets him to, like, chop his own arm off with his shield, which we've seen before, so it's, like, set up, and then she does something that makes him activate his shield, and he chops his arm off, and he just looks at it, and he's like, all right, you got me. (laughs) Like, that's annoying as shit, you know? Mm -hmm. But, like, barely cares. Mm -hmm. Why do you think Prey is such a good movie? I think Predator is good and it builds on those foundations and explores like the more interesting themes of Predator. 
the things that I was saying are good about Predator that you just rejected. <laughs> you think, like, they do exist in Prey. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe it's because I saw Prey before Predator, and so, like, I'm retroactively applying these themes. But I think the people who made Prey also saw those themes in Predator and wanted to explore them. I think the idea of that movie is, like, looking at violence and how it's used, how the people who aren't the most powerful can turn that against the people who perpetrate violence. Hmm. And if you want to go back into Predator, I do think you can find those themes. But it's also just a really well-made movie where, to come back to Jurassic Park, we see everything that she's able to do later in the movie. We already see it. Presumably you've seen Predator before you see this movie, but even if you haven't, there is nothing that seems like out of place that, oh, that's Mm -hmm. a callback to a movie I haven't seen. It doesn't seem like that, even though there are a lot of callbacks to Predator, you know, lines that they say or just, you know, similar things that happen. That's never out of place because it's always in the process of Naru learning something from her own experience or, you know, her like going on her journey and her hunt with her brother or whatever. Like it never feels out of place. She falls into the quicksand and has to get herself out using the tool that she created. And we saw the tool that she created and we know why she created it and how she did it. And we see how it works for her. And then later we see her use that both her own tool and the quicksand to defeat the predator along with using the gun to get his helmet, which she uses to trap him, along with the quicksand and her weapon. Like, we see all of it laid out. Like, it's all just layered on top of each other. That should be, like, obvious in making a movie, but it isn't always. But it's not. Sometimes sometimes the story's not being told very well. I think... I think action... Or it's like, you have to be like, well, I guess they did it, and like, okay, I guess I... But, like, Prey really just tells the story well. Yeah, like, every... And I think for what we were talking about with Predator, like, with telling the story through action. And I think uh, Amber Mid-Thunder is great. She's awesome. Her brother is great. Dakota Beavers. Honestly, it's nice that it's just the two of them. Because you know that there are other members of the tribe. Like, when she sets off on her own, they come out to get her and because the brother's not there he was looking for her like on the other side of the river they're not being like super nice to her and, and literally sort of one of them gets in a fist fight with her call back to predator of like you know this macho crew on their it on is, their mission exactly you know? so you have sort of that crew that like uh energy but we don't need to know the like individual characterization of each person like this is just another obstacle for naro and within moments of her having that fist fight with the guy uh predator shows up and literally kills all of them do you think it's fair to say that it is a remake of predator that it it highlights themes that were already existing but does it in a different way and in your opinion probably does it better or do you think it's just a requel that is grabbing onto some things that were there, but ultimately it's just intended to continue the franchise. Or can it be both? 
Uh, I think it saw potential in Predator, and some of that was the seed of something that I think they did better in Prey, but some of it I think was just pretty untapped potential. Like, I don't think those themes that you're picking up on, like, I still just don't see them in Predator. Like, the criticism of hyper-masculinity. And, um, and I also think that the movie was made with a really, like, deep, uh, respect for and passion for demonstrating Comanche culture, I think that adds an element to the movie that is worth mentioning because it comes across, you know, we're watching this historical moment where there's a threat more than this alien threat, but also the, just the coming European invasion of these lands you know, the reduction of Comanche's ability to travel the land and, and live their lifestyle. So there is very much this sort of impending threat. But also I think just it's a very refreshing, like, representative story. You know what else is cool? Tell me. When uh, the Predator, when they've used Amber Mid-Thunder as bait and all the... Frenchmen start shooting at the Predator and they all empty their guns on him But they only get off like four shots because each of them needs to reload after the first shot mm -hmm. And it's just like I see what you did now that I've seen Predator. I see what you did. Yeah, that was a callback to the Minute-long scene in Predator yeah, where they all unload there. They're just they shooting guess. their revolvers or they're not even revolvers They're pistols that they you know, do what the Frenchman said, you know, put in the powder, but not too much, and then jam mm -hmm. it down, and then you need to put in the bullet, and the, like, whatever. Yes, it's you know. very funny. Very that was good. Funny. That was good. What else was a callback to Predator? That we haven't mentioned? I mean, there's only one direct line. Yeah, yeah, the, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Mm-hmm. Which is very silly. Oh, really? I think it's cool. You think it's cool? Yeah. What about the epic line, get to the chopper? Get to the chopper! Yeah, they didn't say that in Prey. Why don't we end by asking the question that we always end this podcast with. If they were going to do another one of these movies, what time period do you want to see the Predator kick ass in? I think some people really want a follow-up to Prey because the credits uh, show you that more Predator ships are going to show up. And I think that is a little silly. I mean, as much as I love Naru and it, you know, maybe it'd be cool for there to be a series of like Naru fighting the Predator, you know? I didn't get the sense from the credits that they're actually setting up a direct sequel to Prey. I mean, even Predator 2 had nothing to do with Predator 1. Yeah. It was just different characters, different setting. Yeah, so I think what's been established in this series and demonstrated perfectly with Prey is that Predator can arrive at any time in in history. So, okay, I saw someone say online, samurai fighting uh, Predator would be cool. that would be cool. And of course, because in my head, I'm seeing um, the main uh, samurai in Seven Samurai, not Mifune's character, but like the actual leader. Like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. him facing off against the Predator. Mm -hmm. That'd be dope. But I think that guy's dead. Oh yeah, that guy's <laughs> super dead. So, you know. But it'd be cool. And I think also, well, what that got me thinking is, okay, so Seven Samurai is actually a, a 
Japanese movie, you know, Kurosawa movie. Correct. Um, and Prey was Comanche people and made with a lot of Native and First Nations people, like, involved in the production. So I think what would be cool is having, is ensuring that wherever the next movie takes place, that that culture and it's, like, particular ways of doing cinema is part of how the movie's executed. But they're never going to open up the IP to just let, like, oh, this is, like, an Egyptian guy that wants to make a Predator movie. They're never going to let that happen, you know? They should. Oh, it's just, like, this is Indonesian Predator. But, like, it's fine. That no, would never... I think what would happen would be, like... The Hong Kong director coming and doing The Matrix. Who's, what's that guy's name? John, John Woo. Woo. Yeah, it would be like John Woo coming to Hollywood to start doing movies. And all of a sudden, we have all these cool, you know, kung fu moves in Hollywood movies. So, yeah, I think, you know, it's still possible. I mean, I think it would be cool if they did that. But, like, they, the studio obviously wants to, well, first of all, let me just complain for a second. You can only watch this movie on Hulu which has all the problems I mentioned about streaming. It was so dark, like, I couldn't see things half the time. Until 20, literally 20 minutes before this recording, they there was no way to get it on DVD or Blu-ray. And then just now, I saw that they announced that you can get it on Blu-ray beginning this October. So go get it, because it's a great movie. Which is, yeah, like, I was, like, I was looking on Amazon, like, two days ago. I was like, why don't we have this movie? Because you can't fucking get it. You have to watch it with Hulu with a bunch of ads and that bullshit. Which means it's really dark. The sound's fucked up. You know, it's just, like, it's not a great experience. Why do you think bringing in directors and teams from other, other nations and regions movie-making studios wouldn't be possible? They're not going to do it in another language. They're not going to do multiple movies at once. They're going to focus on one movie at a time. And I don't even know if they're making another movie right now, but they're going to pick one idea. Wait, where would you want the movie to take place? Uh, the only thing that I think would be cool would be like a prehistoric predator. Are you thinking that just because we saw the Adam Driver movie? No, 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 no. Well, humans and dinosaurs did not live at the same time. Oh, you mean like prehistoric humans? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, like really like primitive weapons and, you know, back in the day when they had to like chip the stone for like years or decades and then once in a while it would chip in exactly the right way that they could create an arrow, right? Mm -hmm. That shit. I think it would be cool to see people without, like, anything that we'd recognize as technology figure out what they're going to do. And I think the Predators, it's sort of in their nature not to use weapons that are, like, overkill. Yeah. That's what I was, I was meaning to say that earlier. Like, they have such advanced technology, but they don't just, like... The Predator stops. in Prey kind of does. Like, he uses that net... To, like, kill people. Oh, that net is crazy. Which is another one of those things that, like, they use a net on him and, you know, they're like, mm -hmm. oh, we got him. And then a second later, he uses a net on them and he it, the net just, like... Slices through them. Yeah, it gets sucked into the ground yeah. and the net slices through them and they or become... Mince meat. 
So I do think sometimes the predators go overkill, but most of the time they sort of seem to have a sense of honor and a sense of like respect for what they're hunting in a way that I think makes it not unreasonable that Arnold Schwarzenegger with a machine gun could have a hard time killing one and also people without sharp objects basically could also have a really hard time killing one. Mm-hmm. I think that would be kind of cool. And as long as like we're going backward to make prey, there's Let's no keep going back. Well, there's no like timeline that we have to like pretend we're adhering to. Yeah. Or maybe there is if you see all the predator movies. I don't, you know, whatever. But like which we certainly haven't. But it it doesn't seem like you know doing that would break the you know the lore of the of the world, right? I mean, you know, I. I'm not recommending this movie, but I'm admitting that I don't hate the movie 10,000 BC. In fact, I find it quite entertaining, but I'm basically just picturing 10,000 BC with, uh, with Predator. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be cool. All right, well... Delay. You don't think I knew the main character from 10,000 BC, but I do. What would it be called? <laughs> We're out of words. We've said yeah. Predator and Prey. Onlooker? <laughs> Bystander. Well, the the Prey movie was cool because the men and women were very much divided in their society between hunters and gatherers, right? Mm -hmm. Hunter is basically synonymous with predator, right? And she was sort of relegated to the gathering side of that. And yeah. there's a scene in the movie when she gets up and decides to, like, go hunting with her dog. Yeah, and she and just has walks. There's walk. an aerial shot showing her walking the opposite direction. Yeah, walking past all the women who are going out to, to gather. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's going to go hunt. I don't know. I don't know what it would be called. It, it could be another word for that. Hunter. Hmm. Did you have a, an actual idea or just the same idea that you read on Reddit? No, when I read it online, I was just like, damn, that'd be great. <laughs> I can't think of it. I mean, obviously it would be cool, but like that's that's what's cool about any of these ideas. That's what's cool about the movie Cowboys versus Aliens, right? Mm-hmm. It's like anything that people think is cool versus anything that other people think is cool is going to be cool. Well, I think at the end of the day, the most important takeaway is if you haven't seen Prey yet, it's a great movie. Yeah, I think they're both good, but I I really like Prey, and some of that might be having seen it first. Yeah. But uh, I do think it it's a really it's just a really good movie, you know, and its themes like are easy to understand, but also I think go pretty deep within the movie. Yeah. But that doesn't take away from on the surface. It's just a great action movie about this woman killing a predator, and yeah. the predator fights a bear. It's dope as fuck. And if you were unsure because you are a huge Predator fan, like, if you've been saying get to the chopper for the past 30 years of your life and you don't want to give that up, like, this movie won't take that away. Also, I'm sorry for hating on it. I get, I see how it can be an enjoyable movie, but give Prey a chance because it's a, I think even uh, if you're a diehard Predator fan, you'll probably really appreciate that Prey is a Predator movie. Not a diehard fan or a Predator fan. A diehard Predator fan. Right. Yeah. Alright, well, uh, this has been fun. Um, thanks for indulging in our non-regular... Our requel bonus episode. Yeah. This has been Claire. And David. Thank you for listening.